0: in a world overrun with an infinite amount of multiverses originating from a plethora of sources. A group of longtime friends band together and try to make sense of it all and present it to an audience in an easy-to-digest podcast. This is Geeking Off the Page.
1: Greetings to Geeking Off the Page. Here we are at episode 70, and if you're watching the video version... You just missed out on having your epilepsy triggered. Sorry. Maybe next time, or perhaps in the offcuts. Anyways, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Trevor.
2: I'm Gavin, and I didn't have an episode before, but now I do.
3: I'm Mike, and I'm always here. Who's this other guy?
0: Uh, Hi, I just uh, saw this open door and decided, uh, what the hell's going on in here? It's Troy, by the way.
1: Awesome. So... For those who those of you who are keeping score or keeping count, and I don't know why the hell you would be, we're at episode 70. Wow. <laughs> Seven we now qualify for, for senior aid and Medicaid and all that other fun stuff. At least the podcast does, if it was measured in years. Anyways, we got some fun and exciting things. Maybe. I hope. Let's find out. Who wants to kick
0: this off?
3: All I want to talk about is Picard and Bruto. So if anybody else has anything else to say, go ahead.
0: let's uh, let's go with the, let's go with Picard right now. Let's get that over and done with huh So Michael, get us uh, caught up on what uh, happened uh, this week on Picard.
3: It's awesome. It's still awesome. Four episodes in. I'm so happy. I have these like happy vibes tingling all over my body. At the end of That's episode better. three, things started to get dark. You know, it started going into, like, you know, dark, Kurtzman kind of Star Trek where, you know, Picard and Riker, they're fighting. They're getting angry. Picard got booted off the bridge. They're being sucked into oblivion. You know, all hope was gone. All this kind of stuff was happening.
1: So you're saying, like, any sort of Star Trek Next Generation episode at like, the 45-minute mark before they do the Scooby-Doo ending?
0: Yeah,
3: but with less lights. Okay.
0: A hell of a lot less lights. Frack, man.
3: It was crazy how dark it is. Yeah. But they're being sucked into oblivion. But the episode was great. It's, you know, the third episode of season three was amazing. This yeah. one, I was so happy that they wrapped it all up real quick. It's like, okay, we got these conflicts, but you know what? Let's get back to what Star Trek is. So all the conflicts were resolved, essentially. Mm-hmm which was amazing. The whole team starts working together. And that's one of the things that's classic about Trek, where everybody leans into their strengths and abilities and everybody pitches in to solve the big problem. And that's amazing. Like that's a uh, testament yes, to good writing. It was great. Yeah. Like all that stuff was so good. The fact that, okay, they have to get their way out of the nebula. They have no power. Everything's shut down. There's a changeling on board. They So, things have gone to absolute hell but the the way they first of all get shaw back into the picture you know captain shaw because he's an old school engineer so he was able to rewig what what the what do they call that like what the nacelles or whatever in the warp core whatever Mm -hmm. it was
0: yeah they had to open up the nacelles to yes yes
3: okay to absorb the energy of these yep Nebula contractions that oh, Beverly oh, figured out.
1: Re-r- reroute the warp drive to the main nacelle and, and make the replicators make pizza?
2: Yes,
0: exactly. Oh, they didn't make that's the that's pizza good. though. Okay, I Trevor,
2: see. you should It's like have putting been in a Frema Jam in the, in the slimming slab in a throw. Yeah,
3: Yes, well, not quite like that, Gavin. but <laughs> close. So, anyways, they get him to do something. So that suddenly this captain. Yeah. Yeah. So they got all the characters involved. Mm-hmm. Captain Shaw's, you know, fixing up the engine so that they can get power. Picard ends up taking the helm, which is the classic scene we see in all the adverts where he's sitting in the captain's chair and, you know, doing his thing. Oh, Troy. (laughs) (laughs) And I forget what I was saying. (laughs) No, but it's basically all the characters come together to solve this mystery. They figure out who the changeling is. Um, cards at the helm was it the cook it wasn't the cook it was some other dude but what he did was yeah it was like commander seven is what she should have been called but she was called what was uh, the name henson yeah yeah so you know suddenly seven realized that had to be the changeling because she's never called that by geordie laforge's daughter so mm-hmm. she got zapped, evaporated, and Picard has, has to fly this thing through space through the Nebula asteroid belt thing. So he's flying blind, which we've seen him do in the next generation. And they also set the backstory with him and Jack Crusher back in the old days when they were just cadets. And so they're flying through. Beverly's figured out the contraction thing. They're able to basically surf their way out of the Nebula Just has the bad guys come in. And what you were saying last week, Trevor, about that whole portal device, that MacGuffin Mm -hmm. weapon. So they had to dump that in order to go into the nebula. So already they've dumped the MacGuffin, which is super cool. Went in.
1: Did Picard pick it up on the way out?
0: I was so hoping that was going to happen, but they didn't say, they didn't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, there was nothing, at least so far. But wait, yeah, so far. But wait. So
3: as we're saying, you know, all the characters are doing their part. Right. So Beverly's done her thing. She figured out the whole nebula, the contractions, something like giving birth cards, flying them out of there. And it just has the enemy ship comes in. So Riker comes in. Uses the tractor beam to basically hurl an asteroid, a gigantic asteroid at the enemy ship. It's like such a hardcore Riker moment. I was so yeah. excited. I was like jumping out of my seat. Here's like, my question. Okay, this is what Star Trek's supposed to be. And not only that, before your question, then the Nebula gives birth to all these aliens, and you get the classic lines from the opening of the series. about oh, You know, new life and new civilizations, and let's get the bully the heck out of here. Like, all that stuff was so good. Anyways, there's way more to discuss in this episode. But that's I have a, a cu- couple
1: of questions. Did Riker do the tractor bring thing by putting his foot up on the console and leaning on his on his knee? It had that vibe. It was very close to that vibe.
0: But again, there was no there was no classic you know what what I've noticed is also since the return of Captain Riker, there's no head lean. He hasn't been leaning. Oh, like he's his he it. hasn't been walking forward. He hasn't had propped up his foot on sort of thing. He did well, on he a chair sit sit had back surgery. Properly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah he that's He had the, the back
1: surgery to, to correct the the he had some yeah. lower back issues during the whole filming of Star Trek Next Generation. So when him putting his Excuse me. Putting his foot up was to him relie- relieving some of the stress on his back.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I so, did I not mean, know that. Yeah. There you yeah, go. He's,
1: yeah. He said it in many interviews, like during the whole run of Star Trek Next Generation, they couldn't give him enough time off to have the surgery and recover from it. And he didn't want to tell people because he was afraid he would be replaced. So he never mentioned it until they were towards the end of the run. And then when it, when it finally concluded the last season, first thing he did is went and had that back surgery. So yeah, and a lot of the episodes, he's in like a tremendous amount of pain. I just, I just say it speaks to how well good of an actor is that you don't really catch on.
3: No, and I'll say uh, his acting in this is the best Riker that we've ever seen. And it was funny because when they did Picard season one, he was like, "Oh, you know, I haven't been doing acting for a while. I don't know if I can hop back into this, but it's phenomenal the way." he just basically brings that character back to life, but it's like better than ever. And from all the spoiler reviews I've seen, it's as the series goes on, he's slimming down, he's getting more fit. He's getting more into the role. And apparently he's just a savage by the end of this. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: Now I noticed you glossed over, there was a really important thing. I saw it as a, as a, a little quick clip that, uh, what's his face Shaw admits why he has such a stick up his ass versus, uh, specifically Picard, was that he was at Wolf 359.
0: Yep, 359, yep.
1: So that's why he hates Picard so much. Such
3: a great sequence. And the fact that Seven is his first officer. So, I don't know, you go, Troy.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, the main reason that, well, no, no. uh, uh, She's not his first officer. She's an ensign on his ship. She's I just been she moved up. No, she's she's just been moved up in the ranks because of both Picard and Janeway backing her up that she was able to get an actual onto a ship this early because she's only just recently joined Starfleet. So that's that's one of the main things that she he's not a big fan of seven. So hence the reason why he insists that she be called Henson and all that. But yeah, the whole entire part about uh Picard. Um, being lacutus and the captain having his story told of why he does not like Picard. It happens. Uh, they uh, they use a little bit of energy while the ship's on very low uh, power. Uh, all life, uh, all life. Um, what call it? Uh, life support. They, life support is like on a very minimal as they're trying to figure out before they figure out. The final solution, like oh, this is what we have to do, and all that. Mm-hmm. So Picard and Jack have a conversation on Ten Forward, which is the Earth version of uh, Guinan's bar, where there is no Guinan. Um, but uh, he comes in and has a conversation and, and tells Jack to his face what his father actually is, and he is Lekutis, and he is the killer of like hundreds of thousands of people, and how he is the most hated borg in all of time because he is the only borg to have a name and so you can see the the vial coming out of him telling and he's not talking to picard himself he's talking to jack like if if picard's not even in the room sort of thing but the vitriol that comes out of him telling his story is just so potent and then jack cuts him off and like no you stop and then picard's like no it's something that happened. It's it's what I've had to deal with. And Picard removes himself from the room and all that. And it's, it's just so good. It's so oh it's so dramatic. And it's so rich in like acting. And I just want someone to turn on some friggin' lights in this place. It's just like I don't understand why we go into the future and we have less lighting. I mean <laughs> I mean it's <laughs> like, like room. It's, it's like Mike's room. There's no lighting on it. Yeah, there's a floating it's been
3: designed this place.
0: <laughs> but uh, one of the other things, I don't know if you mentioned this yet or not. Um, this episode is actually directed by Jonathan Frakes as well. Yeah. So um, it's kind of a neat thing to see a run and gun sort of storyline in one particular place and all that. So it's, it, yeah, no, uh, this is, I've really, really enjoyed the, this season so far and these have been phenomenal episodes i mean if you were not a fan of the first two seasons and i can see why people haven't been fans i've i've watched them because i'm loyal to to the brand i've i've enjoyed them they haven't been the greatest thing and all that they've had their elements of star trek they've had your borgs they've had your romulans they've had your uh time travel stories and all that but this one going back to classic next generation but like a hardcore next generation. Like uh like um
3: like they can drop F-bombs. Yeah. I still think but that's this, wrong. This I don't is think something that's
1: in the last episode, these feel more like Star Trek to the next generation films where they're they can show a little bit more violence, they can yeah. loosen up the language a bit, they can get a little darker in tone and in the storylines because they have that freedom now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they don't have to and-
1: disseminate for you know, all audiences. They can say, this is for the the fans.
0: Yeah. And this will probably be the only F-bomb you hear from the whole entire series, but it was dropped by Picard, which was fantastic to hear. And it was probably, from
3: what I hear, it was an improv on his part.
0: Yeah, I I believe that I, you know, I can totally see them doing that. And because it's Jonathan Frakes doing it, he'll let, like, they'll do a couple of takes and all that sort of thing. But it looks like and patrick
3: stewart's it, a producer on this and yeah, so if you well, yeah of like... course
0: of course and they're given they're being given the leniency to use language and all that sort of thing which takes a hell of a lot to get used to
3: <laughs> do you think it's right for star trek though because in my opinion it's not right for star it Trek. it doesn't
0: feel it doesn't feel right at all no S- seeing a couple of kids like the first time someone someone swore in the first season it's like whoa wait what we're gonna go like that we're gonna go blue with this series now thankfully it isn't well like well, constant the first
1: time they they cursed in the next generation was in the film when data goes oh shit when the you know the enterprise starts to arc its way down towards the planet
0: and it's again i at thought the, that was
3: out of place but that's data trying to be human so it's like
0: yeah okay. that's data with his that's data with his emotion chip just freshly like yeah. working all right. and all that sort of thing and it is a very dramatic moment it is a like everyone in the audience at that time if you're in the theater and you feel that they're crashing the enterprise into this planet and yeah, yeah. it seems appropriate that of all people yes it would be data going oh
1: shit yeah. and of course and, everyone was cheering their full heads off when it happened
0: exactly yeah and it's a, okay. a moment of levity just before this devastating event happening and it it works perfectly
3: and the only other time I can think of it being close to that is the voyage home with Kirk and Spock on the bus, you know, the whole double dumb ass double dumbass on you that, yeah. Exactly. and the punk, you know, playing the music and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, you know, so, but that made sense because they're in modern times and they're, yeah. you know, yeah, that's what, basically trying a, to get I, along I feel, with our culture.
1: I feel the tone of these, these episodes, they feel like next generation films in terms of the latitude they're given. Uh, As opposed to the regular season. But like I said, I tried to watch the season one and two of Picard and just it didn't feel like Star Trek at all.
3: I agree 100%. That's why I I couldn't watch season two.
1: Yeah, I just, I, after I think it was like I got through two episodes of season one and not even all the way through the first episode of season two. And I'm like, no, this is, it just feels like it's being written by people who are like, oh, we got to write a Star Trek episode. Uh, I didn't really watch Next Generation, so I'll just wing it as I go. This feels like it's written by people who watch the the, the Next Generation, watch the films, and I've been told, you know, go for it. Let's see what you got. Oh,
3: 100%. Terry Metellus, you could tell he's a fan. You know, yeah, as for soon as sure. they gave for him the sure, keys yeah. to the franchise, it's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to make the send-off that I wanted for the Next Generation cast, and I think he did. Oh, Gavin, what do you think?
2: Uh, I'm I... in. I loved it. Um, the the first part uh, I watched last week with uh, and unbe- unbeknownst to me, I had actually been watching it almost uh, simul- exactly simultaneously with a, a friend of mine. and so we were we were both we were both watching it. and that moment with the portal where they fired the portal in front of the enterprise and then it, it appears crosses, uh, the, uh the you know the, the enemy ship, we both at the same time texted each other, what the fuck <laughs> And we both we knew exactly the moment we were at at, at that point and it was uh, it it was again it, it was one of those things where, where it brought back like vivid classic Star Trek memories just like things that are happening that you know you're you' you you you're getting that wonder back you're like that that sense of awe that you know when they were talking about, the weapon. You're like, oh, well, what could it possibly be? And of course, you know, like, you know, my uh, my brain had kind of taken a hiatus from the, when the Starfleet Command, or the sort of the uh, Star Trek, re- or the uh, Starfleet recruitment uh, uh, building had been sucked into the the wormhole and then dropped back on down onto San Francisco. And like, I didn't even think that I didn't connect it to until they fired the damn weapon. It's like, oh shit. And then I was like, "Well, how the fuck are they gonna 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 deal with that now? Because you know they just totally got themselves wrecked from torp, uh, you know, photon torpedoes with the exact same weapon. And then they, you know, they did the the whole uh, the the MacGuffin of disabling the 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 uh, the weapon. So okay, great, this is awesome. But it was, uh, you know, uh, what was that? Uh, what was that? Dust boot. That's what I was. The, the little bit of dust boot I was. I had uh, sort of going yes, on. Yes,
0: that's a good.
2: Yeah. Uh, yes, good. Uh, yes, yes,
3: and that's actually classic trek too. Especially the original trek is. It feels like submarine battles. It feels like naval battles. It has that vibe. Yeah, hundred percent.
2: So the uh so their their solution I thought was 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 amazing. You know, I was just like, well, they got like zero, like almost zero power and no shields, but if they had no no sh- or, or no shields and minimal power what could they do you know that it's like well what the fuck are they doing and then you know they did the the the, the cell uh you know expo uh like compartments opening up and channeling all the everything into the war core. and say oh that's great that's a, that that's a fantastic and, like they even managed to make uh you know uh, uh captain uh, douchebag likable in his douchebaggery <laughs> way uh like He's. I, I have. A, I, oh, I what was the like, line um,
3: from uh, Picard to him? Like, so he like, oh, some shoot, I forget uh, the name? Like, some douchebag uh, or whatever it was uh, asshole. asshole
2: grease monkey or something, something like yeah. that. Anyway, uh, I was I managed to get everyone working together. Uh So it, you know, it's to survive, you have to work together, and uh, you know, it's like no matter what your difference is, you know, people in Star Trek work together. And then to top it all off, they 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 brought that uh, that you know that full sense of discovery and wonder, you know, as 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 uh, the Titan is is, uh, is shooting off into space uh, in the uh, the the uh, giant uh, birth explosion of the nebula, Like, it's like whoa, holy shit, this is amazing, and they're gone, choom. <laughs> all right, I mean. I'm sure they had bigger things to worry about rather than saying, telling the science officer to go, Hey, scan that, would you? But I, I greatly enjoyed it. It was, it was just such a, it was, it was such a classic Star Trek episode. Um, as you were saying, Mike, the, uh, the, 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 the lead writer now, my, my understanding was he was kind of like a uh, sort of backup writer for the first two seasons, but they, they as as you say, they gave them the keys to the uh, to the car and uh, he was able to drive and get us get us some decent Star Trek finally.
3: And apparently, like, he got his start on Deep Space Nine, so he's been a Trek fan for a long time and has yeah. been dabbling it's probably in all of this
2: where that Changelings came from. In, from yeah, it's from probably why he pulled in the because
1: I was thinking about like as I've been talking about you know the Changelings and the end of the Dominion War. Even though they lost the war, the Changelings wouldn't give up. They would simply change their tactics. But they're not gonna say, oh, oh, you beat us in the war, I guess we're defeated, guys, let's uh, let's all become farmers or some shit. No, they're gonna go about it in a different way. And this, this feels like someone who was working on Deep Space Nine and felt that the whole Dominion thing wasn't resolved completely to his satisfaction. So he's like, I'm gonna use this as a chance to pull that storyline from so far away, bring elements of it in and get it resolved as we do go through Picard, and that's what kind of kind of what it feels like. He's like, you know, pulling in some of those nostalgia threads, but doing it in such a, a thoughtful way that it doesn't feel like, hey, I'm running my my Dominion agenda because I don't feel like I got enough said about it.
3: And I'm also wondering if it's a way to sort of retcon things a little bit. It's like, how come Star Trek's been so crappy for the last twenty years? Oh yeah, Change Things infiltrated. Oh well, yeah. Let's get rid a, of those. Make it good again.
2: Yay! You, you got a hint of like. Something was coming uh, because uh, when Worf tells uh, what uh, Rafi about, uh, this like, "Oh, uh, I I was tipped off by a friend," and it's like, "Okay, you know what? That's probably Odo. Odo, one
3: hundred percent. He's a man of honor. Yeah, it was completely
0: <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, just things like that. Like being able to pull those threads in a thoughtful way it doesn't feel tacked on, it doesn't feel like it's you know a secret agenda, but at the same time." This explains why Starfleet may have kind of been stalled doing the same thing over and over and over again, because you got changelings being able to assume positions of power or to you know try to steer the Federation away so that when they make their move, the Federation's gonna be caught flat-footed and unable to counter. So and I wonder how many times
3: they're gonna change things up. Because already we had you know the weapon of mass destruction. Okay, that's been jettisoned now. It's a changeling invasion. That's been jettisoned we've already seen from the trailer. Moriarty's there. We see Lore's either there. lore or data. Well, like, lore. Whichever we what lore. it is. They already streamed out of this lore. Um, did you see that? Okay, the so is, there's a whole bunch of things that could be potential threats. And the like, what's even the end game?
1: Jettisoning the weapon doesn't mean that they can't build another. It's not like there was only one. I mean, I have a. F-
2: my feeling is that the they're switching or just us up. They the weapon. Uh, they I jettisoned they it before they. Yeah, they jettisoned it.
0: Before they entered into the nebula, deeper yeah. into the nebula, because apparently it became it would be unstable because of the uh, whatever power source yeah, the that egg, it actually had. Signature yeah.
1: wouldn't be compatible. Yeah. So either they would go back and pick it up in some way, or they could make another. They've probably studied it so that they can use you make more than one. It's like saying, I have a hey, feeling if,
3: the writing's better than that. We got I a, a nuclear bomb. Going to keep, but we only guessing. got one.
2: Well, we got transported, or we got uh, you know replicator. So. Boop. You know? Yeah, really. You
3: Replicator
0: button.
3: Weapons. Perfect sense. Another thing I thought was amazing in this, which, okay, the fact that they set up in season one, you know, Riker and Troy have a child or two children, and then apparently in season two, which I didn't watch, the son dies because of some virus that could have been prevented if they didn't outlaw synthetics or something stupid. So anyways, apparently season two, there's a really bad death for the son. Now, having not seen that and just jumping into this, the whole idea of Riker with a son that passed away is kind of dark. Again, it's getting that Kurtzman Trek where everybody's dark and broken like, you know, Last Jedi Luke Skywalker. And that kind of bothered me, but there was that conversation where he was talking to Picard and just explaining the idea of grief, like when he had to bury his son, like that abyss, that darkness. He's never experienced anything like that. The fact that he's gone to the reaches of space and still doesn't see any, I guess, hope of an afterlife, like nothing that proves that. And the fact that he's married to an empath that basically feels all of his grief. So all the sadness and depression and everything that he was going through was too much for Deanna Troy to handle. She'd be feeling her own
1: as well as his on top.
3: Right. And especially more for him because they're connected like that. And like even in real life, you know, this goes back to Dave Sims service talk on females about how women are emotional creatures. And, you know, the whole idea of women read minds, it's like there's a deep truth to that. So that if you're going through depression as a male and the woman's absorbing all that depression onto herself, you know, it'll just blow the relationship apart. So to the point where it's like, you know what, I have to get away. I can't put this on you. I'm going to go off on an adventure with Picard. You know, we'll go gallivanting around the galaxy like old times. But the fact that he had to confront it in this episode and come to terms with it. And then there's a really nice resolve for that where he basically calls Troy up on the communicator on screen and they talk it out. And it's beautiful. Like the writing on that was so intense and so powerful. So like I miss everything else in the episode. And we haven't even talked about Jack Crusher yet. I mean, he was phenomenal um yeah but yeah, yeah definitely for sure this whole yeah so yeah. is great it was one thing i heard on another podcast um i don't know how you say his name ed spoliers is that how you say it the actor who plays jack crusher mm-hmm. uh, imagine him as doctor who i think oh yeah would nail yeah that. I'm,
0: he'd probably be yeah yeah he'd probably be uh, fantastic yeah because i mean for what we've seen of the Jack Crusher character from episode one straight. Well, I guess end of episode one sort of thing when he's revealed, but yeah, by the time we get to now it's quite the roller coaster of emotions that he's been able to portray very realistically as well. So yeah, to be a doctor would be fantastic because we know that the doctor is so emotional is so heart on his sleeve sort of character. And yeah, this, 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 this guy would definitely probably be able to do a fabulous job of it. Now, whether or not he gets a chance to now or, you know, the doctor doesn't have to be a young actor anymore. (laughs) I mean, well, it can be anything, but I think
3: he would just, but yeah, he would fill it in the role. Yeah. And he had some great uh, moments in this episode because one thing that kind of bothered me is the whole idea of Beverly running away with him and Picard didn't get to see his son for 20 years but again, the writing is so solid that they address all of that kind of stuff. Where mm-hmm. Beverly's saying, It's like, you know what? You're always having Picard level threats. Like, what about this incident? What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? It's like, I've already lost enough people. Like, I've lost my original husband. I've lost Wesley. And you know, now he's going to be at threat the whole time. It's like, okay, I can see where yeah. she's coming from. And then yeah. in this episode where they go to the 10 Forward Holodeck bar and are talking and Connecting and he says the, the thing about the elephant in the room. It's like, oh, so yeah, the elephant in the room. Yeah. When did you lose your hair? How old are you now? Yeah. Enjoy it By while you're 23.
0: You got it. Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. And all that kind of stuff. But then, end of the episode, they flash back. He did actually go to try and connect with his father. And he asked him the question where all the cadets were raving about all the old Picard stories from the good old days. And Jack asked him, "Is like, did you ever want a family? And Picard goes back to the season one bitter, Cressy Picard. It's like, Starfleet's the only family I ever needed. And that was like, man, it hit me in the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. You know, where the son's reaching out to the father, and the father's like, I never needed you, essentially. And it's like, all right, that's all I needed to know. I don't need to connect with you. But the fact that it was all resolved in this episode, again, testament to the writing. There's so many things that are so powerful in this and so nice to get this from a Star Trek series.
1: I wouldn't say completely resolved. I think it's, there's a bit of bridge extended, like an olive branch, but I think the rest of the season is going to tell if, how, how good of an olive branch that was and are they willing to, you know, let bygones be got bygones and, and.
3: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, we're four seasons in and the stakes Episodes. have already been.
1: Episodes. Oh, yeah four
0: episodes a whole season somewhere seasons Mike is so so excited about Star Trek now he wants there to be more than three seasons
3: yes (laughs) semantics aside yeah four episodes in and it's so good and we still have six more to go and they're setting up so many plot points and so many ways this can go we already know new characters are coming in So there's a whole bunch of classic characters that are going to have their highlight moments. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. And the fact that my whole family is excited, which is great. You know, sometimes I try and sit them down in front of these things. They're like, man, not interested. Everybody's hooked. And it's great.
0: Oh, that's great, too. That's actually a great thing, too. Well, I'm I'm sure one of your kids would be a big fan of uh, Star Trek stuff. As I've seen, I I wish I could remember what your daughter's name is that has done all the Star Trek. Like that would the, be
3: Raina. Yeah, she did Raina, the. Raina. Uh,
0: I was I was going to, I was going to take a stab, and I'm like, it's Raina, <laughs> but yeah, like, I'm pretty sure yeah, like yeah. she'd be a fan of what's going on because it's a lot of nice, fantastic monologuing too that the characters are doing, and I'm like, I'm thrilled with the new characters that they've introduced. Um, I'm thrilled I am too. They're not generic. With the return of other characters i mean look when when friggin wharf shows up as like battle crested sort of ancient warrior wharf who's now zen with the way that he kills it's yeah, just and,
1: and his oh. hybrid bath yeah sword thing yeah and I, the I fact love that they love... hired the
3: original designer of the batleth to design the new sword yes like they exactly, didn't have to do yeah. that but it's yep. again they're honoring the classic stuff
0: I love that the way that they altered they, I mean, there's some slight tweaks to Michael Dorn's makeup and especially the hair and all that. And we actually now reveal that, Oh, we can see his ears now, which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, the the new outfit is fantastic and all that. And just remember executions are on Thursday and um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, it's kind of cool that they put, him and the Rafi character together and of course at one point these stories are all going to come together obviously because they're gonna find out how the weapon got taken out and that it's all changelings and all that sort of thing and look if a, if mm, uh, Rene aberge noir does not show up in this at some point I'm going to be very disappointed because you've already thrown out the fact that you've actually shown a picture of odo in this particular episode hey find his uh his vessel find his resting vessel and that'll be it so if she brings up oh a vessel this is what it looks like oh it looks exactly like this other vessel no the vessel doesn't always look like that but hey it just happens to be a coincidence that this guy's vessel just happens to look like Odo's vessel that's on Starfleet files and all that sort of thing with a nice little photo of Odo in the bottom corner of it and all that sort of thing so if he doesn't show up at least at some point in it like you could even get away with like maybe a digital version of whether or not Renee is willing to go into the makeup and all that because that's a hell of. Well, a he passed, away. Ooh, yeah,
2: he, pa- he passed away. Yeah, he passed. away. passed away. Renee version of
0: War is passed away. Yep. How yeah. long ago was this? Twenty uh, well, nineteen. Then I guess yeah. he's not going to show up. Uh, <laughs> oh wow, that that kind of sucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, this is I, why, I, 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 This
2: is gravelly voice
3: which yeah. is why well, i think that's... you know they paid tribute to him with the whole you know a man of honor and the great league yeah okay okay
0: all right then all right all right then that that changes whole entire i was unaware when the okay i'm gonna have to look this up in between uh, conversations and all that sort of thing because uh, now I've, i'm curious and all that sort of thing but again if it doesn't lead back to some sort of connection to deep space nine i mean it's it's it, it's got to be like, because well, course- here's
3: another thing, okay? Because I've been lit, I've been sort of listening to spoiler podcasts, but I keep cutting them off before they start giving away too much. Spoiler. <laughs> but you know, when, um, oh, what's her name? Amanda Plummer, Vatic, mm-hmm. she cuts her hand off because she's a changeling, yeah, and starts talking with the other, like the, the meat puppet hand thing mm-hmm. that sh- she's talking with. When they start talking about that, it started sounding like. It wasn't a changeling. You know, they, the way they were doing their spoiler review, they were kind of dodging around what it was. So I think it goes even deeper than the Dominion, deeper than a changeling infiltration. I'm curious to see how deep this rabbit hole goes. Clearly, a terrible yeah, threat. Exactly. Yeah. The way they even set that up with a dialogue. Yeah. It's great. And I'm excited. I love to be excited
2: about Star Trek. It's been decades. I, uh, I would like to call out that uh, Michael Dorn has some serious moves for a man who's like in his early seventies.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. He was yeah. moving
2: quite, quite uh, fluidly
1: for. A while. I'm not sure it was him because remember it's all fuzzy and hazy. Is so looking through the. I think that was a stunt actor, and then for the final when he helps pick her up and says his line, I think that's where it it changes. Could be
3: Um, same goes with Beverly Crusher with the action sequence in episode one. Uh, But honestly, all of them are moving pretty good. Because okay, this is another thing I had in mind is that this is all basically like grandmas and grandpas in space at this point. Right. (laughs) And yeah, like if they had done this ten years ago, it probably would make a lot more sense, you know, with the age, you know, eighty year old people with children and I don't know. At this point. Yeah, it's the future. Okay, fine. I get it. But if they had done this earlier, I think the whole story could have been better. That said, it's still amazing. Like, I'm willing to, you know, suspension of disbelief, you know, 80-year-old action heroes in space kicking ass. I'm still loving it.
2: I mean, at least we we don't have a, an expendable situation where, you know, you got Stallone basically bouncing around jungle floors 71 years old, 72, or whatever. How old are he is now? I get it. I get it. But it's, I think it's,
1: I just wish when they'd done the flashback episodes with Picard, they just de aged him a bit. Like, not a tr- tremendous amount, but. Just a little bit, just so that they there's did, a nice... I think They did. They did. They did a little. Yeah, they
0: did a little de aging when um, Picard and Riker were in um, Ten Forward on Earth. The actual Ten Forward on Earth. No, no, no I'm talking about age. like
1: when he's talking to the cadets. That was only. Uh, no, that was only five, years, five years, years ago.
0: That was only like five years ago, though. Like that I was a flashback. They did of five a little years. bit of
1: de age as well. Uh,
3: at least I... to me, it seemed like they smoothed them out.
2: My my biggest gripe with the de aging that they did when him him and Riker were at in Ten Forward was sometimes it looked okay, but then there was this moment where it looked like uh he was he was
0: X-Men. wearing a Picard mask. Yeah, like, it totally it, looked like, like X-Men Origins like, yeah. Picard. Yeah. I mean Patrick Stewart. Like one yeah, of the yeah. one of
2: those super facial scrub things, you know, it's just but, yep. but but it's like a Picard mask. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get the budget, you know, it's not going to be future film quality. I mean, that they could have taken a page from Star Wars and like done a, a season two Mandalorian with uh, Luke Skywalker. They did, they did the deep fake using old Skywalker on uh, someone else's face or sorry, young Skywalker on someone else's face, but with the same voice. They could have probably pulled that off or uh, what? get whatever. What, what's his face <laughs> from, from uh, <laughs> X-Men First Class?
1: Oh, Fastbender? Or, or, or uh, McAvoy. Yeah, McAvoy. Yeah, yeah, James McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah, get James McAvoy
0: to do a young Picard. Nice. And like, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> already I, then. I, I
1: think all in all, I'm from what I've seen so far of it, I'm really enjoying it. I think already for me, I'm two episodes in, I am far more satisfied and willing to watch than I was in... The first and second season of
0: Picard.
1: It's like they've learned their lessons, like, all right, let's let's do this right.
0: And that's independent of Mike showing his true love for him being a, a Star Trek geek, right?
3: No, think... this is all from me being a geek. Trevor's okay, just, all right. you know, picking up on this frequency. If somebody yeah. as bitter and crusty and angry as me is enjoying it,
0: Trevor's like It's got oh. there's got to be something good to it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Maybe we'll have Bob Ross paint the universe and enjoy Star Trek again.
0: <laughs> hey, this is Troy just stepping in with a little bit of editorial with the conversation that was just had that, uh, yes, it is correct that Michael and Trevor had correctly identified the ranking of seven of nine. Uh, December 8th, 2019 is when Rene Berge Noir passed away. He was 79. And as a current date, uh, Michael Dorn is 72.
1: He's he's still pretty spry for for seventy two.
0: Yeah yeah yeah. All um, right, so take us take us on to uh, Bruto, Mike. Uh, I've uh, been I again I've only been following the series through your exploits. So uh, get us uh, caught up on what's going with uh, Bruto.
3: Okay, shit's going down. Um, Kawaki. Next subject.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, Kawaki is decided he has to leave the village. In order to protect everybody. He realizes they killed. like, Yeah him and the crew. Killed Shiki. The Otsusuki mastermind. And people are coming for him. And he's. Finally kind of understand. What it meant to have a family. And people that care for him. He doesn't want to put them at risk. So he's going to leave the village. And offer him self help. As basically a sacrifice. And but the whole sensory unit, so all these shinobis, they can lock into chakra of people within the village. So they're doing this as like a protection thing. So if anybody leaves the village, they'll know. But because he's Otsutsuki, he basically has like a chakra cloaking device. He can shut it off, and he learns shadow clones as well. So all these people that are spying on him to be like his bodyguard, he has to get through them. So he you know goes to get rid of some recycling job, jumps into a bush, makes a shadow clone. The Shadow Clone goes to the bathroom in Naruto's house, and then he buggers off. He takes off into the forest. But Naruto, because he's also going through this Otsutsuki-ification process because of his karma, he's like, whoa, something just went wrong. And so he tells his dad, hey, you know something's wrong. He's like, nope, the sensory team doesn't sense anything. He's like, dad, seriously, something's wrong. Something's not right. Kawaki, what are you doing there? They're banging on the bathroom door. They've eventually busted out. He's Sitting there on the toilet, and then the shadow cloak poof disappears. It's like crap, it was a fake. So, Bruto takes off into the forest to track him down, and it's the first big fight sequence. It's not even that big, but it's intense. Of Code, the new big bad villain, confronts Kawaki. You know, they're about to have a throwdown. Bruto shows up, and Kawaki says, Hey, butt out of this, you know, I'm here to protect Lord Seventh. It's like, Boruto's saying, you know, dad wouldn't want you to do this. Say, like, well, you can't tell me what to do. I'm doing this. It's my decision. And Boruto's saying, well, okay, fine, I understand, but it's my decision that I'm going to protect you. And then, he puts the karma up and it's, you know, fight mode. And that's where it ends off. So, whatever's going to happen tomorrow morning, it's going to be epic. It's so good. And another interesting thing I was thinking is, I've talked about this in previous podcasts. I think the two best sequel Next Generation series that have ever been done in any entertainment is Star Trek Next Generation and Buruto I find it so fun that right now we have a Next Generation show that's actually done well and this Baruto series coming out. So I'm having so much fun with entertainment. It's amazing. It's a good time to be a geek.
0: At least in the kitchen household, right?
3: Oh, yeah. Everybody's enjoying it. Yeah. Everyone's hyped.
0: That's great. No, that's that's fantastic. And I mean, to have something that's also been running for as long as it has been, for it to still be as engaging as it was. Now, is it still like the same, like, is it the same original writers and all that sort of thing involved with it from original Naruto or have Um, people
3: passed on? Originally... the like the original creator passed it on for someone else to do. I forget all the names. Okay. I have to Google it. Mm-hmm. But so I'm not even f- going to
0: ask you to try and come up with those names. But yes,
3: <laughs> yeah, someone else can Google it. But the so they were handling the original story, but at some point they were getting to a point where it's going to be like a Naruto conflict, and you know there was talk maybe Naruto will die or like something big was going to happen. Right, and he's like, oh no, I'm stepping back in. So he stepped back into that, and I'm pretty sure that was the whole Krama death. You know, the nine tailed fox. Mm-hmm. So basically they nerfed Sasuke and Naruto so that, you know, the next generation has to level up to defeat the new threat. And I'm pretty sure that's when the new or the original creator came back into the series and started giving his input. And yeah, things have gotten so crazy since then. Again, great writing. So much fun, good action, good animation. And the fact that it's been something like four episodes of this new series and nothing, a whole lot has happened yet. They're just setting the stage for everything, but you can see it building and you can start seeing what's going to happen because they've done some foreshadowing. Yeah, it's going to get intense. So much fun. If you're not watching it, watch it. It's fun.
0: Yeah, but now's not the time to suddenly jump into it sort of oh, thing. Like... jump into it.
3: It's so good. <laughs> if you jump into it now, you'll have like, you know, two decades of stuff to catch up on. But go for it. It's yeah. In between so in between
0: good. new episodes, you can catch up on what hey, you've I did over it. the past. <laughs> Since we've been starting this podcast, Mike, you've been constantly been catching up with Naruto Boruto sort of thing. So, I mean, oh, yeah yeah so it's 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 quite the undertaking i'm sure but uh i'm sure there's definitely those out there that are willing to do that sort of thing but
3: uh, it's great because the writing is so good that as an adult you can enjoy it and you you skip the fillers i know i gave trevor the list of the filler Mm -hmm. episodes you can skip but the fact that kids can enjoy it and as an adult you can enjoy it as well it's well also the fact that it's
0: also, the fact that the information is out there, like like if you're starting from like now to start watching it, you watch these episodes, you watch this collection of episodes, and then you can jump over a bunch of them and do this and all that. The fact that there are people out there that have realized, okay, you don't need to watch these seven episodes because it was just like whatever sort of thing. It's just backstory that means nothing in the future sort of thing and all that. And right. I uh, highly doubt they're ever going to get back to it sort of thing. So the and fact you that can
3: do, you can do the thing too, where it's just like, okay, what's the best arc? like what's the number one rated episode that you can literally go to that and jump in i mean that's what we did with doctor who as well just looked at you know what's everybody's favorite doctor who episode watch Mm -hmm. that one it's like yeah that's pretty damn good okay let's watch them all
0: yeah yeah i see okay well i mean that's also a good testament to the actual show itself that it's prevailed for so long the fact that it's even a different language to begin with and how it's been able to survive its translation and all that because you don't get a lot of uh, stuff out there that has stuck around this long. I mean, you do have certain things like you've got your Pokemon like that just celebrated 25 years of being out there sort of thing in an animated form or in some sort of form and all that sort of thing. Yeah, but, my one
3: son started watching One Piece. Yeah, That's another big one mm. for anime. Have you guys ever watched that? I've never watched it. But he's watching. No. Like it. I think I
2: watched like, a, like the first episode or two.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he what you know, he watched it because people said it was good and now he's like eighty episodes in within like two weeks. Holy crap.
0: Yeah. He's like
3: that, I mean the I only don't even mind the character designs anymore. It's like, okay, good story.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know about it because uh Adrian's boys collected the manga. Yeah. And uh um and played a bunch of the different video games and all the different systems that they had and all that sort of thing. So I was very familiar with a lot of the storylines and all that sort of thing and it's it's a big uh, fan base in uh, this household as well so it's 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 something that is I mean who doesn't know what the Naruto run is just by saying those words you know what the Naruto run is so it's 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 just something that has absorbed itself into the culture that uh, it's like your hello kitties and all that sort of thing it's 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 just something that survived the translation across the sea and it's 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 taken hold and it's got such a giant fan base, which is anything that a fantastic has that much
3: thing. love after a couple decades, mm-hmm. you keep hearing about it and you keep hearing about it. Yeah. It's like, okay, there's something there. Like, yeah. even if it's not your cup of tea, there's something there. Like there's something mm-hmm. that's connecting to a wide range of an audience that's keeping yeah. it going for that long. So you definitely cannot deny it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Hey, Gavin, you what know- do you get to bring to the table today? For
2: oh, my oh, let's see. Well, as you guys know, I've been uh trying to sort of figure out Gundam and where it uh, where things kind of lie. Uh, uh, last count, I think there's at least that I've sort of started watching. I, th- I think I've watched about bits and pieces of at least five or six different series so far. Uh, the most recent one being Iron Blooded Orphans, uh, which uh surprise my uh, my bio dad is another voice in it sweet uh it's um the iron blooded orphans is uh, an interesting one that uh touches on some seriously heavy topics in 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 uh, in, in some ways uh essentially it uh, it touches it touches a, a lot on uh child soldiers basically being pressed into service forced to undergo operations so that they can uh they can operate these uh, you know these uh, not not Gundams but mobile suits of some sort um, the uh the Gundams are, are, at this point are uh these almost legendary fabled machines that only uh only very skilled pilots can use and the main character uh Mikuzaki I think his name is is the only one who can handle the uh the the, the titular Gundam uh, 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 robot in it so uh, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty pretty neat. It, it's a good good kind of start to get into Gundam if you haven't watched any Gundam because the the uh, the backstory stuff you don't really need to know too much about it. Like they'll touch a little bit on it, kind of like the some of the histories, but it's not like it's not integral to knowing the the, uh, like the overall storyline. Uh, I, I did at one point try to watch the original nineteen seventy eight Gundam. And I, I gotta say, oof! It is rough watching. It is like they you've got like ro- you you've got robots with squashes stretched on the thighs, completely unintentional. Um, weird proportions. Um, that classic uh, stuff, you know the, the the classic like four shot on fours or even fives kind of for animation
0: oh it's you're just, talking you're talking to, to yeah okay i was about to say wait what the newer stuff oh no wait you just said you were jumping back to the older stuff that would have been hand-drawn that would have been no by yeah. not by yes okay i recently like, why why are they doing squash and stretch on mechs right now i'm like oh wait you just said like 70s yeah,
2: anime. yeah. yes of course yes uh, you're
0: hand-drawn you can't help but have squash and stretch whether you want it or not yeah
2: proportions were not uh as as uh, well controlled as some of the other ones like over the years, with uh, with with mecha style anime, you you started getting to, to the point where uh, you had like dedicated mecha teams, like putting all the all the details in there. Like Gunbuster, can you imagine that? Like you're the you're the poor schmo has to figure out where all of the the cables are on the uh, for the in betweens. Um, but I, I gotta say, of all of the uh, all of the genres to, to benefit the most out of uh, you know like good CG. Uh, these days it's it's mecha stuff and gundam has definitely uh, leaned hard into it into a lot of the shows uh, gundam uh gundam uh, unicorn gundam uh iron-blooded orphans like all of uh, I, I, almost all of these uh, these stuff from i think roughly 2010 onwards have really really delved straight into the into the cg and it really looks good for for that for what they're doing but um yeah, it's it's an interesting journey, like trying to figure out Gundam. Uh, there, there's like at uh, last, uh, when I was looking through the list, I, had, I have a friend who uh, sailed the high seas and hooked me up with some Gundam. Uh, there, I, I think I have about four hundred gigs of Gundam to go through.
0: Oh shit! Four hundred
2: gigs. Okay. Yeah. And spanning from this, that from the late seventies. Too modern, uh, including the uh, the Gundam uh, Witch from Mercury series, which is also uh, quite good. Um, is this all anime it, or manga? A- anime. Yeah. Uh, Iron the um, uh, Witch from Mercury uh, has starts starts off being kind of like a like a, one of those lighthearted, hearted almost shows with uh, the this, this girl who pilots a Gundam is is uh, is recruited into a new school you know, and makes friends and blah, blah, blah. It's all happy. And, you know, she's all, all she, she's the, uh, you know, easily embarrassed type. She's always hiding, super shy. And um, it hit the uh, very last episode of the story arc. And let's just say um, there was some things that shocked, I think, people who were lulled into the uh, uh, the, the, the high school mentality. <laughs> Let, let's just say, you know, uh, you know when you slap a, a bug on a on a table
0: mm-hmm. like that? hmm
2: Uh you uh, you know, it it's kind of squished on your hand, you're kinda like, you know, wipe it off. Um there's a there's a scene where a Gundam does that to a human. And that's where they left it. And I actually okay. I actually like I, I was fooled into it too. I was like, oh, this can't be all that bad. I mean, yeah, you see people getting shot, you can see getting uh, you know, you 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 know. Intellectually, they're probably dead, but you're you're not seeing like you know they're you know the the life force like gushing out into space and evaporating or whatever or, uh, or but this is the most graphic death I've ever seen in a Gundam show. So um, yeah, that took me right off guard, and uh, the almost the, the the entire brand new fun uh, fandom that hasn't really watched Gundam before was did did a collective "What the fuck."
3: No, was it done in a good way or a bad
2: way? Oh, it was done uh, to to save uh, another main character. So, so all the right overall
3: reasons. effect was it was shocking but good
2: in yes. the episode. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, I mean, Gundam has always uh, like all, like the, the 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 overarching theme is is basically war is shit. You know, people are going to suffer. People are going to die in war. Um, you know, everyone uh, like both sides of the conflict. There's there's uh, there's people with good uh, good intentions and bad intentions, and Witcher Mercury Mercury is absolutely no different. It's just it disguised really really well for the first twelve episodes.
1: Yeah, everybody
2: poops <laughs>
0: <laughs> too much. Yeah. Uh, okay, what about you Trevor? What do you what do you bring to the table today?
1: Um well, uh episode 2 of season 3 of The Mandalorian.
0: Mhm. You mm-hmm. actually
3: watched the whole thing?
0: Yes, yes. Hey, we I, were
3: talking last week how happy you were that they didn't go to Tatooine. So what did yeah, you think about the of course, beginning of they episode two? They
1: go to Tatooine.
0: During um, Bunta Eve. During yes, Bunta
1: Eve. During Bo- during Boonta Eve. Um I did like the fact that the um Palimoto is has the the Jawas out, you know, stealing shit off of of, of speeders, making them yeah inert, so the people have to come to her to fix it, and then she's like, "Yeah, put the shit back on. We got a paying customer." To me, that is like you know Tatooine commerce at its finest. Um, I did like the fact that R five makes an appearance back from A New Hope, and. He finally gets his due. He finally gets to fly a ship. Um yeah. you know, because up until this point, we saw him with a bad motivator and and that was it. That was the last we ever saw of him. Now he's at least, you know, he showed up. I actually um, didn't like that, but keep going. And the of the entire episode, the thing I liked the most was the fact that we got to see a mythosaur. Um, yes.
0: Yeah, that was kind of I love the fact that they they mention it, and you're like, oh wait, are we gonna see a mythosaur in this?
1: And then when the eye opened, I was like, oh, shit. Well, let's yeah. see if, if her rocket thrusters underwater can go faster than it swallows. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I was that whatever that whatever that creature was down in the bowels that kind of reminded me of like one of the, the monks from Java's Palace in a way um, with a creepy eyeball. Um it was an oh right character yes design. yeah
0: the 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 yeah the organic eyeball inside. At the, first, I was like, like, "Is this yeah. kind of like
1: a general grievous sort of thing?" And then, no, no I, was think,
0: was, I was thinking the exact it was same. A much thing, cooler
1: yeah. looking exoskeleton that it used to walk around, and it's like little exoskeleton that kind of moved around and like popped its head off and jumped into the big exoskeleton
0: it was very high tech cyberpunk looking sort of thing, which was kind of neat. And I thought it was going to be a little more organic the way it moved around and all that. But like when I, when you look, when they got closer and they show more shots of it, you realize, wait, this is all mech. This is all like machinery. Yeah, Except for that the, one it, eyeball. Behind eyeball floating in lens. the fishbowl. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was a fantastic look to it. and all. Yeah, that I,
1: I love things. the design. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it looked really Star Wars. I oh, thought
3: no. it, was cool. it definitely
0: did not. No, but it definitely did not look Star Wars. What
1: I didn't like was the troll creatures in the cave. Um, the,
0: the Murlocs from yeah, uh,
1: the Morlocks from like, Morlock yeah, I, from, I was the yeah, whole yeah. time. I was time like, machine? wow. It's, yeah. It's the time machine. It's the Morlocks. Where's the Eloy? Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just like, to me, it was lazy designing in that case. because
0: um, yeah. they I had mean, four I, eyes.
1: Well, I, I've, I've played around with, you know, if you have a creature that's human in features, but then you like, you know, a single eye versus two eyes versus four eyes. How do you, what changes to the skull do you need to make to make that work mm-hmm. and still keep it a humanoid face that we can go, oh, look, that's human enough. Yeah. And there's just felt like they just
0: popped a second set of eyes and we're like, ah, done. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was yeah. just, to me, it's just lazy designing. Like really and again, weird. the
0: fact that they attack out of the dark and all that sort of thing, as soon as you see them like, oh, Morlocks, cool from yeah, the time yeah. machine, like, it's like, alright, but again, I mean you're I, I, I didn't mind it that much I like the fact that uh friggin' Grogu was able to kick one of their butts sort of thing, that was kind of neat, yeah, but yeah. again, it's something you saw, and see, that's the thing too, it's something you saw in the trailer, it was one of those moments where you saw that cave opening and this guy come oh, out and oh. Grogu flowing out. So you knew that's what was attacking.
1: Well, it was also when when Grogu and and R5 get the ship back to Bo Katan and she comes running Mm -hmm. down. and, And it was just like, what's that? What's that, Lassie? Timmy's <laughs> falling
0: down James the well? the well! Oh my god, like, I was thinking the exact same thing. Oh phrase. my god, did yeah. so
1: they not make, like, like maybe have R5 beep, 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 and then the droids say, oh, the such and such, but no, no, they do the whole, what's that, Lassie? Timmy's
0: falling down the well sort of thing. I yeah. just, like, oh god. I will admit, oh. though, I will admit, though, it was kind of cool because the emotion that they, ev- they, they brought across on Grogu's face when he popped his head out of the canopy, like, yeah, of course, they I, show there's no one in the ship and he pops out and his eyes, he looks so, so scared and sad. But, sort but of it thing. just
1: it, it, there should have been the droids were part bec- part of the conversation. to yes. kind of fill in so that yep. Okuton's not trying to like, what's this little alien? I, I I don't know who's speaking a language. I don't know. Timmy's yeah. falling down the well. Well, let's yeah. go then. Yeah, yeah, yeah was, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, I, that, I think that was the part that was kind of missing.
3: And for me, the writing for bringing in the R5-D4 and changing the ship, it's like such an obvious plot point. It's like, okay, we need an astromech because he's going to be stranded. So Grogu's got to fly back to get help. And it's like, oh, come on. The whole thing seems so contrived to me. (laughs) For me, it was painful.
0: Well, because nope. originally the reason he wanted the IG eleven to yeah was be to, to basically check to the, go to the yeah. planet to help him find out, and the fact that he no longer needs them is he gonna go on his future voyage to find more uh, another processing chip for an uh, a G, an IG eleven droid? Well, was he just gonna because, say, "Oh, don't have to do this need it anymore, right?
1: Now, what I did like was you got to see the difference in fighting styles between. The Mandalorian and Bo Katan, yeah, same sort of situation. She yeah, she I knows how he's that duel, he's not keeping the darksaber for much longer. Yeah, and no, you notice know no. she did not suffer from the same uh problems using the darksaber, it didn't get heavy for her. No, so yeah, she's the rightful user of it. So, so
3: yeah. does she yeah. get to keep it now? Had no, because
0: she has he she hasn't won it in battle. Yeah. you have to win it in a battle you can't be given over it can't be lost and found apparently it has to be sur- it has to be surrendered during battle
1: yeah and i have a feeling it, when they duel she's not going to have much problem taking him down
0: i love the fact that she used the lightsaber defending shields on her gauntlets which is kind of neat which is something they've established in the clone wars cartoon mm-hmm. um i i really i look i'm i know you guys are having problems with the stories being so, Hey, let's just have this happen so that it can have this happen. Like R5 D4 was the perfect example for that. And I agree with you, Trevor. Yes. The design of the Morlock characters and uh, Timmy fell down in a well sort of thing. I was thinking the exact same things. And the um, alligator
3: I, eating children. Like, does that give
0: you Disneyland vibes?
1: Oh, for sure. <laughs> <I> mean, alligators <laughs> eat children all the time. What's wrong
0: with that? But um, I I think the best thing was to have viewed these two episodes back to back because I watched them like the day they came out and all that sort of thing. Mm. But my daughter hadn't seen them yet. So we watched the two of them back to back. And these two episodes flow as a one piece episode because like the first episode was like 35 minutes. The second one was just over 40 and all that. And the two of them flow together like a really nice straight story. If you can do a skip through and all that. I,
3: I, I Talk about think, a skip through the second episode took me. 10 yeah, minutes.
0: I, I saw I saw your play by play in the comments there, Mike, about how you took two minutes to watch a 40 minute episode sort of thing. So, I mean, I'm not I I and I don't blame you if you're if you're not catching the vibe, don't torture yourself. There's no reason for you. There's so much out there out, like and you've discovered stuff out there that is more important to you than stuff that you want to be important to you. And you know what? You really shouldn't hinder yourself on not watching what you want to watch don't and force the thing yourself that,
3: to... the thing that makes me sad is the end of season two made me so happy for me that kind of rekindled my love for star wars mm-hmm. when luke skywalker yep. showed up it's like yep. oh finally a redemption uh because okay i haven't been a fan of most of the stuff for the last couple decades sort of like star trek but when luke skywalker showed up i got so hyped it had so much joy, and then in Boba Fett, which I didn't like, except for the two Mandalorian episodes, <laughs> and I was looking forward to this one. And so the fact that the first two episodes are like bad, bad video game side quests, um, uh, it makes me sad. I just want fact, to start
0: again. And the and the unfortunate thing is the fact that uh, Dave Favreau has uh, come forward just recently saying we don't have an end for the Mandalorian. There's no end story to this. Like this can go any way we want. So you know what, you're going to have a lot of your side quest video game plotting unfortunately it looks like it's going to be hey what's going to be this episode okay i have to take this to this person to get this thing and then i have to take this thing to this person to get this thing or i have to go over here to do this i have to meet up with these people sort of thing and unfortunately that's what it looks like it's going to be if it if they're going to do that i hope they decide to make it more of a, a a lone wolf and cub story as its core piece i don't want them to be dealing with mandalorians i want them i don't want him to like if he gets his redemption because he's been in the waters under mandalore and all that and become one of his cult again that people will like him because he had a bath exactly yeah no and i'm i'm agreeing with you there mike i i think it's a silly thing but it's his culture and that's the way they deal with it I know that Bo-Katan and most of the other Mandalorians are not like that. And his cult is like that. So that's the way it is. That's You You have to drink their Kool-Aid if you want to be in their gang sort of thing. This is so the this way. way. This is the way. And that is how it has to be for him. His he. It's the only way he knows how to be a Mandalorian. That's why he was so surprised when he walked into Mandalorians and they took off their helmets. And he's like, you're not Mandalorians. And I'm like, oh, you're one of those people sort of thing. So, I mean, it's nice to see. I like how they decided in the first episode like, okay, here's what happened with all the Mandalores between second season and third season. Oh, it's just one line sort of thing. Oh, what happened to um, Moff Gideon and all that sort of thing. I mean, uh, Moff... Uh, uh, yeah, Moff Gideon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happened to Moff Gideon? Oh, he's off on his trial now. And what happened to Cara Dean? Oh, she's a secret she spy. Got Disney. Oh, didn't from she got anymore, Pucci. Sort of yeah, so yeah. I mean... Yeah, so it's they basically they rebooted their own system with like a couple of lines or sort of thing. Yeah. Like, to like, yeah. But I For mean, me
3: though, like I thought they set up the whole idea of reclaiming Mandalore
0: mm-hmm. at the
3: end of season two. Yep. That that like just go hard into that. That would be neat. It's a whole race, this whole sect or cult or whatever you want to call them, like reclaiming the homeland. That would be a strong story. It would be alligators eating babies and having baths, like,
1: but but the problem is, is Grogu, neither Grogu nor the Mandalorian nor the retaking of Mandalore is talked about or explained in any way post Jedi, like, in any like as bad as The Force Awakens and all those, they're never mentioned. So it's almost like again, the bad batch. Because they're never mentioned at all after, you know, into New Hope or any of those, it means they they disappeared into obscurity or were picked off one by one until. Now, the
3: flip side of that, Trevor, is sort of what you were saying last week is it's so far on that outreaches of the galaxy that eh, we just didn't hear about it. You know, the camera's going that way. We're going to go see that story that didn't intersect with anything else.
0: Maybe. Well, it is a giant galaxy. It is a giant galaxy, and there's so much Although, stuff. they all seem to
1: get get back to Tatooine. like They we... do.
3: Okay, that, that pisses me off. <laughs> Go all the way to Tatooine <laughs> to get R5-D4. We're like, what the hell?
1: My yeah, question is, okay. was, yeah. there wasn't an R5 on the other planet where they couldn't get the IG unit?
3: Yeah, there's got to be something. It's an astromech. It's like a toaster. It's a toaster that you plug into your car to autopilot your get Tesla toaster. or whatever. It's like,
0: no Din arm went back to his resource lady he knows that he she can get stuff for him and all that so he on personally...
3: tatooine come on you could probably well, amazon
0: order it in space okay so the the docking bay is an actual physical set for a good portion of that so they're not going to yeah. spend that much money and not use it i mean that's
3: that's Just the one it reason
0: differently <laughs> it's
3: a different planet
0: like there's a lot of stuff that is still volume and all that sort of thing, but there's still also a couple of physical sets. Like the the docking bay is a physical set because they wanted to use it as something that they can move around in. that's where why you can have the actual ship in there sort of thing. Um so that's and Trevor the why thought
3: they-, they wouldn't go back.
0: I was
1: hoping. I really I, I'm I'm uh I'm just sick of Tatooine being you know, even though it's on the outer rim, the center of the goddamn universe. It feels like it's like oh, yeah. let, let, my, my 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 best friend, who's now my hated enemy. I have his son. Where would be the best place to hide him? I know the planet where he grew up, and it worked. How? Why not hide <laughs> him in this in, in the house you grow grew up in?
0: Yeah, exactly. I know
3: we've talked about this before, but I like the whole idea that that wasn't where Anakin came from and that Uncle Ben was actually Obi-Wan's brother from that original script that was floating around back in the Sheridan days. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. It's not Uh, canon, though. anyways. Anyways.
1: Um, now I did hear from a friend of mine. He watch he watches the Bad Batch. He said this last episode was actually not bad because it all deals with crosshair and none of the rest of the team. Um, and still didn't make me watch it. Um, but he said that it was a better than than, than most of the episodes they've had this season. So
0: I, I like the fact that the Bad Batch has decided to do a lot of the opposite of what they did in first season. Cause first season was at all. Let's uh, this heist, this heist, this heist, this heist, um, uh, introduce some other characters and all that sort of thing. Bring back, and like more the Cad Bane and all that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the second season was a nice reprieve after that first two episodes, like the first two episodes, there were one long episode sort of thing. The fact that, the crosshairs episode at the very beginning was a fantastic one. The episode where they were racing was a great episode. Uh, They only had a couple of heists, but a lot of the actual episodes have been something different than what they are. They've been character um, exploration and all that sort of thing. It's not, it's unfortunate that it's not up to the snuff of what they were able to pull off in the writing of the days of the clone wars, because I just don't think they have the resources to be able to have this many properties running at the same time. It's like what uh, Kevin Feige has just said about the Marvel Universe, the MCU, is that they're going to be slowing down the production of stuff. They're not going to be throwing out three TV series and three movies a year. Yeah, uh, going from. Well, this I think point that's on. because they're... they
3: finally realize all these shows are crap and nobody's buying
0: into. Them. They're not. They're not so taking the time going to, yeah. into
3: multi-billion-dollar debt for stuff people don't want to watch exactly
0: yeah. because they're going into a situation where they have they they're stretching themselves too thin they have too many too many people working on too many different things that are too stretched apart and the fact that now they realize that you know what uh, dc might be uh, nipping at our heels because they have the right person running dc now the mm-hmm. two guys that are now running dc are going to be a threat to our box office so we have to pull out better stuff than what we have been doing. Not, to, yeah. s- not yeah. to say that they haven't been doing good stuff. Because like if you can get more, if you, before you say anything there, Mike, I can see you gearing up to say something. If you can pull off more werewolf by night stuff, if, if Marvel can do more werewolf by night stuff and the Guardians um, uh, a holiday special and stuff that is different and inventive and fun, then they're going to get back onto track. Um, I have, I, I I mean, I believe, who also here, hands up those who, who have seen um, Ant-Man 3. I know Gavin did because he mentioned that, and you two have skipped it, right? I just I was, okay. haven't had
1: time. I, okay. I Actually, I wanted to see 65 this weekend, but it's just not going to be in the cards. I will say, yeah.
3: okay, in defense, defense of Ant-Man, my eldest daughter saw it and had fun. She enjoyed it. it.
0: It is a, now, it is she's a, she's also fun the one that
3: enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder and said, Dad, you would hate it. So,
0: oh, the one that you want to disown, right?
3: What the daughter, disown?
0: yeah, the daughter you want to disown because she liked th- Thor Love and Thunder, right?
3: I would never disown my daughter. Oh. I do question her taste in movies, but
0: okay, <laughs> all right, then I take yeah. it all back, then Michael. Um, oh, right, you want to disown Thor Love and Thunder,
3: oh. The MCU at this point, which gets me back to the thing I was going to say. Did you Mm -hmm. hear the rumor going around that apparently Kevin Feige might might either be bumped out or step up or go sideways from the MCU? That was something circulating the news feed today. So either him jumping onto like a Star Wars or getting promoted in Disney and then leaving the MCU. Or it seems like there's some... news story about a shuffle again I didn't do a deep research into that That just came across the feed but I thought that was interesting it would make a lot of sense because phase four was such an utter disaster financially in box office and all that like they tried this whole hey we don't have a plan we're making it up and we're trying new things and we're diversifying and we're bringing in all these female characters and without any sort of plan and it seems to be bombing at the box office so I thought that was interesting
0: that okay, with the, also Michael, that. you got to take in consideration the box office over the past couple of years hasn't been as spectacular as it have. You've had a couple of outliers. You've had movies like Top Gun Maverick that have done huge and box Avatar office. and, and Spider-Man. Avatar two and all that sort of thing. But for... Spider
3: Man in the middle of the pandemic, yeah, you no, know, that yeah. was blowing things away. And yeah. hell, that's the one we went to see in a drive in in the middle of a Canadian winter. You know, if you make a good film, people want to see yeah. it. But, but this just kind of stuff that's coming out. Like, I wanted to see Quantum originally. Like, I remember last year doing this podcast, that was the one I was looking forward to. Mm-hmm. But the more I saw, it was just like, oh, it's all this goofy CGI. And like, it, it just one thing I liked about Ant Man as a movie it was kind of grounded and down to earth, whereas other movies kind of went into wonky territory. But Ant Man was pretty grounded. And I thought that was yeah. a perfect movie to introduce the next big bad because you have your science heroes and you have Kang and that could bring in Fantastic Four and Quantum Realm and like, like everything was on the table to make that work but mm-hmm. then as soon as I started seeing these trailers, it looked like a movie that was filmed in the pandemic in a volume with bad CGI and the more I'm hearing about the stories like all these artists that were working on it, there's reshoots and recuts and story changes right down to the last minute that They're just crapping it out. So all that kind of stuff always gets a bitter taste in my heart.
0: Again, with um, a movie that is, yes, it is filmed on the volume in a great portion. It is a lot of green screen uh, stuff and all that. There's a lot of digital characters. It unfortunately doesn't, it definitely does not feel like the previous two Ant-Man movies. That is for sure. Uh, they try and give the wholesome comedy and whatnot into it, like which which is one thing that you look forward to in the Ant-Man movies. You know, Paul Rudd is going to be hilarious. You know his interaction with the other characters this is gonna be great. He doesn't have his uh his crook buddies with him in this story. They're completely out of it. Um the wasp in Ant-Man and the Wasp in this movie is hope. Is is not hope. It's um it's 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 Michelle Pfeiffer, it's mostly Catwoman. her character. Yes, it's Catwoman. Yes, it's, it's Selena Kyle. Um, it is, uh, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer's version of the Wasp is the Wasp part of Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, which is fantastic. It's.
3: Does she ever it, have she, wings in it?
0: No, she.
2: No, well, she, she, she wings doesn't have. To make she, her spear.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah, she had to like um cannibalize her costume to survive in the quantum realm
3: um, well, that was way back in the old days though right yeah
0: exactly yeah 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 she never Bye. had a Bye. new suit no um evangeline lily has the new suit has a suit and um for the visual audience
3: trevor's doing witchcraft
0: <laughs> Um, but again, it it seems disjointed from the other um Ant-Man movies and it tries to bring you a bad guy that you're supposed to be fearful from right off of the get-go. Um you know about Kane if you I mean, sorry, of uh Kang if you've um watched Loki. I mean, if you haven't watched Loki, you're a little lost, but this movie get you up to speed of who Kang is and all that sort of thing. And it's, it's not as enjoyable as it should be. It's not, um, as, as, uh, classic MCU as it should be, but unfortunately it just falls a little flat. It's, it's still entertaining to watch. It's visually stunning. If you can watch it in IMAX and 3d sort of thing, it's just blown blows you away sort of thing. But, um, yeah, so I mean, it's an unfortunate way to introduce your big bad when you know that your big bad is going to be around for another phase. Um, for like it's so it's 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 a bit of a disappointing movie. It's it's not the worst Marvel movie that's been out there, but it's it's not one of my. Right, you're favorites supposed to be I'm the saying. optimist of the group. I know, I I know, but it's just it's it's just. A little more disappointing than I had hoped it was going to be. It was just something that I I, I was also looking forward to. I i like this cast. And like I said, Michelle Pfeiffer is fantastic in this movie. Michelle Pfeiffer just kills it in every single scene. Okay. My, I, I haven't
3: listen. seen the movie, but I've heard a lot of reviews where basically she knows all this important information. Yeah. That she never tells anybody for the yep. whole movie. Yeah. That that's true.
0: Oh, it's totally it's totally one of those situations. If she had said something this would be a totally different situation. They would have been able to, well, if she had told them, they wouldn't have done what they did. So that's the thing. So, I mean, the fact that she doesn't tell them sets the story into motion and all that. If she had said from the get-go, this is what happens in the quantum realm, they wouldn't have done what they did to get down into the quantum realm sort of thing. So, or communicate. Basically, they're trying to communicate with the quantum realm, and the quantum realm decides, hey, we're going to pull you in sort of thing. So... That's the unfortunate thing with that sort of situation. But and the um, other thing
3: that bothers me too with this whole story idea with Kang is the fact that it's this multiverse and there's multiple Kangs, and that kind of destroys the stakes, in my opinion. When you have an infinite amount of Kangs as the bad guy, well, you defeat one, but well, there's going to be another one. And it's not like an Ultron where you get an Ultron, you know, 2.0 or 3.0, or you know, he keeps yeah. advancing. But because it's a multiverse, basically anybody can die, anybody (laughs) can be resurrected, and there's just no point. So, yeah. So, Trevor, what have you been doing?
1: Uh, Well, I I watched uh, Mandalorian, and and I've been catching up on Picard. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Taekwondo, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. I have got my, my, uh, not my youngest son, but my oldest son, who's five, just started Taekwondo, so it's interesting things are interesting um now i was looking at um upcoming films and stuff like that like as i said i this weekend i i, I would have liked to go on to see uh 65 because it looks like it's going to be a fun film but so much going on um i know that i think next weekend is shazam fury of the gods I believe that is correct yes um and then the week after that is john wick chapter four
0: mm-hmm. and then the week
1: after that is Dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. um now i just saw a thing so if you have a, a D beyond uh, membership you can actually now um get a link to the character sheets for the characters for uh Dungeons and dragons honor among thieves so oh, really one of them is you know, as their character sheets, as playable characters, and it lists all their stuff. So,
0: oh, that's kind of cool. All yeah. right, so it's a nice you might as well. Do, you might as well go all the way with that sort of thing. Like you've already got the the audience. You might yeah, as, well as well go all the way. Yeah. Uh, but all the male characters
3: you
1: know, get negative stats. No, um, but I was looking at that's like, what
3: I've heard. Did you see that article? With yeah, the where they were the talking writers. about
1: emasculating certain characters. It just well. The, the interesting thing was that pisses me off. It it doesn't for me. Not at all, because the the head writer, um, he was pissed off that when he first proposed it, he was told that the the uh, like Chris Pines character and some of the other characters weren't manly enough. They were they were supposed to be the, the heroes of the story, and he's like, it's the fucking bard. He's the a bard, bard. Is yeah. He's never the hero of the story. No. He's not gonna be the one pulling his sword out and leading the charge. That's why they've got the barbarian who happens to be a woman. And they were t- he was told to his face, we don't w- we don't want the woman to be the strong one. So he when he, he went back for the rewrite, he purposefully emasculated some of the, the male characters so they would have to accept the fact that they're not the hero. And as the other thing is he said, they're all fucking thieves. None of them are the heroes. They're not supposed to be the hero. The thief in the campaign is never the hero. Ever. And if they are, it's a fucked up campaign. Bilbo was. He not really. Yes. He was not he the was hero. He was the thief. He was the hero. He wasn't the hero. He, he was. The... I don't think he was here. hero. Anyways, so yeah, looking up upcoming films, um, Super Mario Brothers. I might, you know, my daughters have show interest in seeing it. I'll take them to see it, but I have no interest in seeing it.
3: Um, My son showed me an advertisement for the Super Mario Brothers plumbing
1: mm -hmm. company. I
3: thought that was pretty good.
1: Now, what I do want to see is Nick Cage as Dracula in Renfield. I, I just, it's Nick Cage as Dracula being as goofy as he wants to be. I'd i just watch two hours of, of Nick Cage strutting back and forth across a the, a theater like on like on the stage being Dracula. I think that would be awesome.
0: So now yeah, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this whole entire. I'm not a huge Lucas Cage fan. I've enjoyed some of his works, and I have not enjoyed a lot of his work, sort of thing. But this whole entire dracula sequence looks to be it looks hilarious. exactly what you would expect nicholas cage to do because he's done a vampire's kiss he's just gonna be that over the top like a oh, yeah. thousand fold this is like that he was that.
1: ghost rider but now is dracula
0: but now as dracula yes exactly yeah yeah but it's it's not like he's not gonna be always in the flaming skull He's always going to be Dracula. There's no not being Dracula sort of thing. So exactly, yeah.
1: Um, Now I did see that. So I saw a trailer for a movie called uh, Simulant, where people have like kind of like robot, you know, like maids and butlers and shit like that. And my guess is some people who die, they replace them with a simulant body. But now the 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 control crystal. Um, some guys figure it away who I think it's Simulu who's the playing the character to unlock or, or take off the 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 software hard um hard locks that stop them from feeling emotion and, and stuff like that and let them believe they're still alive again. So it looked interesting, um, has a nice cast, stuff like that. So
0: who it, who's that who's that coming out from?
1: Uh, let's see if so I can find it here. It's, I had it written down. Um, of course, now I can't find it. Simulant. That's a uh, Vertical Entertainment. Um, oh, I've
0: so, never heard of Vertical Entertainment.
1: So they'll they'll be the ones in. Uh, it'll be in theaters. So yeah. Um, okay. If if you look up the trailer for Simulant, it's it looked interesting.
0: Um, um. Have you guys? Speaking of looking up trailers, did you guys happen to see the new uh, computer-generated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one?
3: Oh, do you want to get me started on that?
1: <laughs>
0: you really
3: want to get...
1: Is that, is that the Mutant Mayhem one?
0: Uh, is that what it's called? Should yeah. we go right to
1: April O'Neil?
0: Yeah, Um. I mean, oh, we've and, seen all and I'm things. so
3: sick of this whole gender swap nonsense. And, okay, there's a lot Wait. of talk online of Kevin Eastman based April on his wife, I guess, at the time. Who is a mixed race and all this kind of stuff. But, and uh, Peter Laird, I uh, guess, originally conceived of April as being Asian at some point in the early history. So, uh, but they came to the idea of April O'Neil. They did O'Neill, okay, like an Irish, Scottish kind of descent, redhead, all this kind of stuff for the history. But in this one, they decided to make her this overweight, derpy-looking, glasses-wearing, dark skin with dreads. It's like... This is nobody's April O'Neil. Like, even if you wanted to make her dark skin, at least make her look pretty, like in the comics. It's just... This whole thing pisses me off. Every time they take an original story idea from original creators and then start doing this
1: whole swap thing, it pisses me off. Anyways, you guys go. I did like the animation style because it feels... A kind of a cross between CG and a little bit of more puppetry.
0: Yes, like almost I was like stop motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, I I was not thrilled with the character design. I, mean, I
0: don't think I like the color palette either. I mean, it's from very what they've heated. shown, from it's what they've very, shown. yeah. Um, There's nothing vibrant about it. Yeah. Yeah it's it seems uh, I mean. I understand. Okay, let's introduce the turtles to yet another generation cuz every 6 or 7 years you got to reboot the turtles for Although, someone say, else to discover Splinter them. with
1: an afro was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys yeah,
0: thought about that. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess yeah. Yeah. But Yeah, it just... it felt it felt like an animated comic book that I was watching. You know how they they used to do those where they take the panels and they slightly warp and shift them and all that sort of thing, yeah, but now they're yeah. full, everything's fully animated. And it doesn't, ha- it has that sort of feel to it. It has, I I don't mind the voices of the turtles. I mean, you're obviously going to change your voices. You can't have your the same voices going through all of it. I mean, yeah. but yeah, but I, I think.
1: I think they made some design choices that are questionable at best mm-hmm. and terrible at, 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 at the least. Like, just why... Yeah. Why?
3: And why change a classic? The original comic book stuff was so good.
1: It was. I mean, I have a couple Makes of the black and, and white issues, the original print stuff, and I just every time it feels like they they bring out another version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it just steps so much further away each time from the original vision mm-hmm. that it's to the point now. It's it's almost a mockery of itself. It's like. How much? How much further can we push this and piss people off? Yes, and it's like it, they just—they need to get back to its roots. I mean, yeah, they're introducing it for a new generation, but that doesn't mean they need to, you know, rip the guts out of it for the next generation. The next generation of people who are going to enjoy this this work are—they're not stupid. Stop treating them like they are. Um. Yeah. It's just. I, I'm just sick and tired of them doing shit like this and hashtag they not my turtles it...
3: <laughs> yes let's start that Troy <laughs> <laughs> but if they brought it back to the original that whole idea of the Frank Miller parody of the daredevil and you know the hardcore pulp idea I, I even want to see a turtles where they all have the red you know Headbands or whatever, face masks. Again. Yeah, and maybe by
1: the end they they bring it back switch to, to, to they all switch to different colors for their own individual identities. But when we first meet them, they have no s- separation in terms of who who they think they are. They're you know, it's it's four is one sort of thing. Um, I would kind of honestly I've been following the the uh team junior turtles like the last Ronin, you know, after three of the turtles are dead, it's the last one. Almost like an old man Hulk or old man Logan. I want to see that as a film. You know, that the Turtles have three of the four dead and the last one's out for revenge at the cost of his own life. He doesn't care anymore. He just wants justice for his fallen brothers.
3: Okay, so you've been following that storyline? Yes. Okay, so I have not because I don't like the idea of the Turtles being killed off and I don't want an old man Logan version of Turtles. Honestly. But that said, if you're enjoying it, okay, tell me. Sell it, me it.
1: I'm, I don't want to spoil it too much because I want you to, to get... But it's who the last turtle is, is shocking. Uh, I know that already. I oh, know, you know spoilers. It, all right. So you know it's Mikey. Yeah. And do you remember in... Um, I thought it was going to be Raphael. Honestly. I thought so. I, so I honestly thought so too when they revealed I had Mikey. I
0: had votes on Donatello being yeah. the last... But do you in
1: in in the spider in the last Spider-Man film when Andrew Garfield's <laughs> character says, you know, after Gwen died, um, and he started fighting turtles, he stopped pulling his punches. Yeah. That's Mikey to a T. He's not pulling his punches anymore. He's not joking anymore. He's not and this is where you dude. this is where you get to see that of the four turtles, yeah. Leonardo was very skilled with a katana and Raph had his rage and Donatello was, you know, very technically minded and, and Mikey was the goof, but of the four, Mikey was the most physically gifted of the four. You know, nunchucks from experience are very hard to handle. You have to understand how to use them. And in the comics, you know, in this comic especially, you you take Mikey and you strip away the playfulness. And you have someone who is shockingly lethal. And the fact that he doesn't care if he gets hurt, he doesn't care if he dies, as long as he can get his revenge. And it's it's almost terrifying just how utterly lethal he is and just how remorseless he can be. And it's as the comic unfolds, you find out how the other turtles fell in combat, um and the fact that he blames himself for you know being that playful goofy dude and not stepping up and saving his brothers as each one fell to the different circumstances and how it tears on him and it is it is i mean gorgeously written um yeah it if you haven't read it i would say you know try to catch like maybe a uh Uh, a compilation. Um, It's just, yeah, it's it's outstanding how good it is.
3: So Kevin Eastman's involved, eh? Yes,
1: yes. They have been involved with this. I believe it's
3: Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman writing. Yeah,
1: uh, five issues, five issues. And it's just, it's 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 so good like it's it's this is what you know like did you ever read um Hulk the the old man Hulk like the last Hulk standing um I can't remember what it was called where Hulk is the last living creature on on earth. everyone else is no, dead no, I seen um it. it was a very disturbing story because the only thing left on on the planet are like killer cockroaches um and stuff like that and so like when they show up and they eat the Hulk. And then he begins to regenerate almost instantly, like like after, but he's feeling the the pain as it's happening, and he'll revert back to Banner, and Banner's just kind of like going around and and hoping that he can die, but the Hulk will never let him die until he finally does, and then the Hulk's the last panel is the Hulk kind of like sitting out saying, you know, he kind of feels cold now, now that Banner's gone, because the whole time he was like Pewdie Banner, Weakling Banner, blah blah blah. But then when Banner finally dies and it's the Hulk is kind of taken over, but the Banner persona is dead, he's like, I feel cold. And it's such a a, a gripping and, and and sad story. And then when you get to like this, like you know, like last Ronin, it's just it's a hard read because it's like you know you've especially if you read like TMNT back from the black and white, and you went through the cartoons and the movies and all that stuff growing up with them. And you read this and you're like damn this is how they go out and it's so well written it's just so gorgeously written and yeah if you haven't read it you're missing out you really are and it would make an amazing i they i don't think they could do it justice in a two-hour film something like this would need like a even a 10 10 episode miniseries on hbo Go as dark as you can with it. Because it is very dark in terms of the tones. Um,
3: and the original but, comic books were dark. Oh yeah, the original we had, ones were very we dark. parody like the of movie. Frank Miller stuff, it, it was dark. So I like that.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, if, if you get a chance to read them, do, do so. It's just so... So amazing. Like, it was... This came out in 2020... Um, and it, it was just like, wow, like this is, this is a story that they put a lot of thought into and yeah, you don't, I think it's at the, you don't even realize it's Michelangelo till the end of the first issue. And he, at this point he's like ready to, to, to commit ritual suicide because he thinks he's failed everybody. And then, Yeah and then yeah we're we're, it's it's amazing i i honestly can't gush about it enough so yeah and that's one
3: where i was not interested because i was tired of other people doing the turtles and doing them wrong yeah but the fact that eastman and laird are
1: they're both writing like they both wrote for this and eastman did a lot of pencils on this as well um and I, I I just remember reading like Eastman saying something like, "This is how they wanted to finish it." I mean, they'd started off Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a complete lark, um, and then you know, yeah, the 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 Raging Bull got out into the arena and did all this great stuff, and they're like, "All right, this is how it all ends. This is the end of the Ninja Turtles." Yeah, and, and yeah, it's.
3: Have you watched any of the interviews that have been going on the podcast, that cartoonist kayfabe, where Mm -hmm. they're going through all the Ninja Turtles issues one by one with Eastman and Laird? Yeah. It's so much fun. It is. is, That brings me back to that old 80s, 90s indie comic days. Like, that's something I always wanted to be a part of. You know, that's the environment i wanted to participate and, and, and in so it's a lot of
1: the votes. stuff that the background stuff in behind where you know they're talking about you know they had written a, like like written a panel and then they draw it and they're like it just it's it's lacking so mm-hmm. they like i what issue was that they they held up an issue to redraw two panels and it took them almost a month to redraw these two panels because they just couldn't get it right it just wasn't meshing with what they had coming before and what they had coming after and it wasn't after like a couple of all-nighters, they finally got the panel like, yes, yes, that's what we want. Why couldn't we do this in the first place? It's very simple. And it's that yeah. kind of like insider information. Then you you look at it like, oh yeah, this does, you know, if the panel hadn't been the same, it, I don't think it would have had the same impact for the whole story.
3: And it's neat, the fact that it's two collaborators talking yeah. It's like, hey you did that thing really good and it's like, yeah you did that thing really good I thought that was a stupid idea but you were right to do that and yeah or they were like the back and forth you know,
1: looking back we made a bit you made a big mistake pushing that idea and I made the bigger mistake accepting it so yeah it's yeah. it's great to ha- see them talking like with a 2020 hindsight going yeah this was a great idea this came out of left field and worked or I don't know why we we, we you know bowed to pressure and kept that in because that was just crap. So, yeah, it's, it's, I like when you get that sort of insider information from the creators.
3: Yeah. With, especially with this kind of retrospect where it's been a while now. Yeah. And they revisit it together and it can talk about it, which they probably never did before. Yeah. By but... the sounds of it. Right. Cause when you're in the moment, you're in the moment. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, old veteran stories.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like the basically the last hurdle is just because they had, I mean, they, they dealt with it so well. You can tell that they discussed the story in each issue back and forth so many times until they finally said, all right, what are we going to say? What's what's Each issue has a definite story it's telling and a definite theme it's talking about and a definite message. And it's so well crafted that you could pick any of the five, just say pick issue four and read through it. You may not be able to follow some of the context, but you get the message at the end and... It's just they're beautifully written, like they really
3: are. All right, I'm sold. So I'm going to yeah. find some back issues.
1: Yeah, I think you can. I'm just trying to remember. I think you can get a like it's all five issues compiled. Um,
3: I always like the single floppy issues. If I can find those, I'll get them. If not, I'll settle for a
1: collection. You can get the the compilation, or you can get individual issues. I mean, individual issues aren't cheap. It was so and because there's so many variant covers, um, but yeah, it's it's it was great, it really was. So, yeah, I, I give it a hearty recommendation. It was such it came out of left field, and then when they ran with it, and you were like, oh my god, why, why aren't other comics doing this? Like, yes, you have a character, but show us, g- give us an, a, a series of just the end run, like the, the their final days and yeah,
3: especially original creators
1: yes that, that's the original creators do are not guns. like some guy who comes oh I, I got a great idea maybe not you may not have the as great of ideas you thought you did so yeah
3: speaking of the last ronins we're the last two
1: standing looks like looking left looking right just us here i really don't have anything else for for this week i think i'm done yeah all right, so, uh, so for all the
3: recommendations, then you know, watch Picard, okay. watch Baruto, pick working up the on Last it. Ronin. You can probably skip Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, probably. We'll we'll see how next uh, next week's episode, because um, the whole thing about you know him getting dipped in the waters that's done. He got probably dipped in a teabag. Yeah, he got he got a you know, little little bit of teabag in there, and he's done. Um, so yeah, I guess we're gonna have to end up end off episode 70 with a collective goodbye. You ready? I'm Three, always ready. Two.
3: Collective, collective goodbye.
1: goodbye. That was pretty in sync.
0: Yeah, pretty good.
1: We'll see what the uh, the outtakes look like.
0: This has been geeking Off the Page, a Planet Geek production. Please be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can find us at our social medias through Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Search for Planet Geek Productions. On Instagram and Twitter, Planet Geek Pod. Or you can send us an email at planetgeekpod at gmail.com. So until next that time, same spider channel, may the force be with you, and thanks for tuning in.
2: Have some.
1: So I'm not sure how how much of this actual sequence is going to jump into the start of geeking off the page but hell...
3: Oh well, it's going to be an end sequence or a cut sequence or something. You guys ready? Are we doing the intro with the actual one? I'll
1: I'll do it. Ready?
3: In my opinion, when you have an infinite amount of Kangs as the bad guy, while well, you defeat one, well, there's going to be another one. And it's not like an Ultron where you get an Ultron, you know, 2.0 or 3.0 or you know, he keeps yeah. advancing. But because it's a multiverse, basically anybody can die, anybody <laughs> can be resurrected, and there's just no point. Trevor, that looks really wrong.
0: That's, yeah, no, it, you gotta it, check no, it out on the yeah, YouTube. There, people. It, it, it,
3: if you're gonna shake the sphere, do it so we can see you're playing with your toy and not anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just kind of ruins the stakes of with this whole. <laughs> Trevor, what did you do? <laughs>
2: Yeah, Trevor's have being multiverse. distracting
0: for the camera, people.
2: <laughs> okay, guys, I'm sorry. I do apologize. I I do have to extract myself here.
3: Got, uh... <laughs> oh, geez, Trevor, look what you've done!
2: I scared <laughs> Gavin away.
3: No dinner calls. No All right dinner.
0: then, take care, Gavin.
3: I guess we right. call that dinner, eh?
0: Hey, uh, Gavin. Collective goodbye. There you go. Oh, That's what Too we'll soon, do. We'll, we'll, Too we'll soon. Put that in. We'll we'll put that into the later. We'll. Edit that into a later. No, don't.
1: It's too soon. All right.
0: All right, guys. Have a good night. Okay. Good night. Good night, Gav. Anyways.